0: Interrupting in the middle of a social night here. Yeah. Couldn't resist talking a little bit on record as well.
1: Well, when you have the dream team together, you know. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Might as well. You don't bring Deep Purple Mark II in for a jam (laughs) with it. Fucking recording (laughs) (laughs) equipment.
0: Yeah, anyway, I, actually, I wanted to see you, Fergal, because I don't think we've been on, on camera in ages. No,
1: it's a long time now, yeah.
0: Last time was when I overslept uh, out of the Silent Planet and then got scolded by you, rightfully so. <laughs> I <laughs> probably right-
1: went a bit too hard on you. <laughs> but
0: right. But no, also then you didn't see so. each other, so. You didn't smack a phone out of my hand either. <laughs> <laughs> there's,
1: a, there's a story for another day.
0: So we met now. We talked for an hour or so, right? I think so. Like, kind of... Um, Into the camera view came the Afterglow of Ragnarok, and I was like, maybe we should do a little bit on that. Reasons of joy.
1: Okay, I thought Afterglow of Ragnarok upon first listen was a decent song with a strong chorus. But I thought it was far and away from what we heard on Tyranny of Souls, which is my favorite Bruce Dickinson album. Mm. Oh. Um, due to, the, I think, the hooks on that album, it, every almost every single song is memorable. They're different from one another. Yeah. And
0: Fave songs on that one? I'm curious.
1: Oh, Power of the Sun. Uh, That's a good one. The the City Never Sleeps. No, that's it. Uh, Abduction. It's a great song as well. Um, Kill Devil Hill. Fantastic song. Kill Devil Hill is Uh, my favorite, yeah. I mean, without looking at the actual song titles, I'm kind of struggling now a bit. But it's the the title track as well. It's fantastic. yeah I mean it, it's just I think it's an excellent album I don't think this is on par with that No But I think there's better to come uh, That's what That was my thinking on it Very heavy Very heavy opening kind of riff Yeah Very op- the, the opening of the song is very heavy Bruce's Dickinson Bruce's Dickinson's Bruce's Bruce Dickinson's <laughs> <laughs> That's what he should call his next one Thuralized Dickinson's Um <laughs> it's, uh, his um, delivery is a bit kind of gruff kind of at the start you're like oh no is he gone back into Fear the Dark maybe a bit but not quite really not quite uh, but yeah I, th- I thought it's a good song and maybe it's a grower I think I'd probably prefer it now after a few listens than I did on the first listen which isn't unusual really but like I haven't listened to it loads i so put it that way I've probably listened to the Judas Priest song um, Branded a Liar what's it called T- Trial by Fire I've probably listened to that quite a lot more and um you know, that's unusual, because I was expecting this to be on, like, heavy, heavy rotation. And to be honest, it's not.
2: It's it, it sort of, for me, it's made me... I also suspected, like, well, this is going to be the this is gonna be the song, like, the rest of the year. And it, it, it's very good. I do enjoy it. But it sort of more so inspired me to go back and listen to the other solo stuff. Mm. I can see that. Like Tyranny of Souls, for instance,
0: quite a bit. Um, I mean, there's no Chemical Wedding... Tune per se, but I guess I don't want that either. It's very synth heavy, something I noticed, which I think could be interesting, you know, as the album unfolds, see what they do with that, because it's, I've never heard Bruce on anything so synth heavy, and that includes Somewhere in Time. It's a lot of synthesizer, Mysterio, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Straight out of X Men.
2: I, uh, I, uh, so I listened to a QA with him that was done on Swedish radio, uh, on a Swedish radio station, and. um, He's actually in Sweden now doing press. I don't know if he's here now anymore, but he was.
0: Yeah, like yesterday or something, or yeah. recent days, yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
2: Now anymore. But, uh, no, no, not now anymore, he ain't. That sounds... like what, like, why? What'd you, what'd you do with it? Um, but apparently, uh, so he was asked sort of about the, the, the guitar situation, and apparently it is just going to be the one guitar in the store.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I, I like that, though. I like the Deep Purple. Yeah, we mentioned Deep Purple, right? Mark, little, uh, yeah. I like yeah. that lineup. I want to try that myself more because I think you can make a really good live sound with a, a keyboard instead of two guitars. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. then again, it's if it, he's it's gonna interesting do stuff though. from Chemical Wedding, I don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah.
1: Think? And like a lot of the stuff, even on um, Tyranny of Souls, has dual guitar. Even thinking of the song Power of the Sun, pretty sure there's mm. dual guitar riffing in that. Oh, there is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The heaps of you it know, on the record. Yeah. So I don't know what he's going to do with that, but. I'd be, I'd be interested to see. I have a ticket to see him in Glasgow, so... There we go. Um, i go with open ears and an open mind.
2: I, I, uh... Yeah, there's some bits that I think are going to be... are going to sound a bit lacking, I think. Because uh, there's, you know, I, there's a lot of guitar harmonies and there's a lot of riffs I think you kind of need to be too on. But, and like, um, but you know, I mean... I, I think it may be... You know, I don't know if he's going to be doing harmonies with the, with the synthesizer or how it's going to work, but, I mean... A keyboard well-handled is
0: like five guitars, basically. You can make a True. lot of noise with a keyboard well-handled. Like if you got Jon Lord, he's equivalent to four keyboard, guitarists.
2: A keyboard well handle is better than two in the bush, or was it? <laughs> I guess so. I guess
0: so. <laughs> two rocks. The old phrase goes.
2: Yes, as the old ancient proverb. Two birds um, with one key. I don't know. Yeah. But but
0: yeah, you can make a lot of noise with a keyboard and a lot of oh, yeah, uh, music yeah. with a keyboard. But it's also, of course, is a bigger divide in between hmm. the guitar and the keyboard. Yeah. So it's, it's a totally different sound, something I've been excited with trying lately. So I'm kind of exciting, excited that Bruce is. And you also going are kind of way. exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Very
2: exciting uh, lad. But no, I think, I think it could be cool. I, I'm open for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing him in Oslo, and then I'm seeing him here in Stockholm. In oh, nice people,
0: one. In a place yeah. of fun and adventure, as Tom Mariah said when Slayer played there. Oh, they played there? Yeah, Slayer played the amusement park, S- and he's S- like, really "Welcome weird. to this place of fun and adventure." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I assume um, they probably got their COVID shots in a place called Fun Galaxy. No, I assume you're going to <laughs> one of. <laughs> I assume you're going to one of those shows as well, Jonathan. Are you?
0: Yeah, the the one. Actually, I wanted to go to Berlin because I didn't know that that he would. I thought it would be an Iron Maiden again. Like uh, Maiden only played Sweden Rock Festival. Not a huge festival guy anymore, and maybe I wouldn't have gone there. So I was looking at maybe Berlin, but then uh, before I got that sorted, he he booked the amusement park, which is not my favorite venue though, because no. of not because of the sound, not because of that, but the, the crowd tends to be pretty lame uh, uh, over there. Okay, so let's hope for some diehards to you know rock up when Bruce is playing and mm, actually yeah. give give a proper vibe in the audience because that's been lacking. Mm. I've seen bands there like White Snake and. Go to slayer, etc.
1: Unfortunately, we're not going to get him in Ireland. I, I actually asked the promoter because I, I know him now because uh, I interviewed him on my podcast, but he was like, yeah, I couldn't make it work financially. I wanted to get him, but it just wasn't going to work. Then I was wondering, I wonder how much Bruce is looking for, for these shows, like, because uh, he's already going to the UK to do a handful of shows, but he's playing in like, in Glasgow, he's playing in a place, uh, what the fuck, the Barrowlands Ballroom, which is a small oh, yeah, venue. Yeah. Um, and it's not exactly like a couple of thousand i think and i mean that's the type of place that he would be able to or sorry that's the type of place i assume he would be playing in in dublin if he were to come but i wonder like how much he was looking for in that like he couldn't swing over to ireland for a gig and then on his on his uk tour but anyway he won't be
2: i mean the place we saw british lion was that is that be the kind of place you think he'd he'd do that's more of like a 7 or 800
1: uh, person venue there's yeah. um, a couple of ones that would be maybe like 1500 uh, which I would imagine Bruce would play yeah. Um, yeah, he'd film more than British Lion anyway that was nearly yeah. full with Michael Schenker the other week Like so it, the Bruce could okay. do more than that yeah.
0: you, you went for Michael?
1: I did I did yeah it was great um it, it was delayed by a couple of days because there was a big massive riot in Dublin i don't know if you saw that on the news but
2: i heard it was something what, what, what was what
1: was that oh, about? jesus uh, i don't want to open a <laughs> of worms <laughs> it was oh, yeah. uh, i think
2: oh okay i think i never mind. I, I, sorry i
1: a, a I man could, a man stabbed some children at a school and a couple of adults as well it seemed like hmm. an unprovoked attack and then a lot of people came out in dublin and rioted um, and there was like broke into shops. There was burning buses, burning tra- trams. Uh, the city was on fire, essentially. Look up some of the photos. It looks like a war zone. It was insane. Anyway, the Michael Schenker gig was due to be on the, the night after that. And they decided to postpone it. Um, and a Night Demon were supporting as well, actually. So I was really looking forward to it. But uh, they managed to, to set it up for two nights later. So they did come back. And actually, it was. I know we're going off topic a bit here. But I did get to see Dr. Doctor performed live uh, at a gig for the first time in my life and it was fantastic to not just have to hear that at the opening of an Iron Maiden show, but actually hear the person who wrote the fucking guitar <laughs> playing yes. it. Uh, so that was brilliant, because I did see UFO once before, years ago, but I fell asleep during it, so I didn't get to see Dr. Doctor. <laughs>
0: uh. You know, Our man Michael, he claims to have been influenced in uh, writing uh, that particular song, Dr. Doctor, when he was, in fact, a fetus. He's like, right. yeah, my par- my parents used to dance to um, three-time... Uh, Rhythm, like kind of waltz music, and uh, he he says that you know it came from there into into that song.
1: I mean, who are we to argue with the fetus of Michael Schenker?
2: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, that, that's a quote that just is screaming to be taken out. of context <laughs> he's, he, he,
0: he, he's one of those guys that claims that he has no influences and that he avoids listening to music and yeah. because he wants to he wants to uh, perform a pure self expression. Yeah, I and I don't I, I don't
1: Jarvis was saying to me, like, so I played with him a few times, and he was saying he's a real kind of oddball when he's on the road. Like he, he said he, Jarvis has met him like four or five times, and each time he meets him again, he pretends not to know him, uh, like he's meeting him for <laughs> the first time. You know, kind of really aloof type of person. Mm. But um, yeah, I kind of get that from him as well. Like he seems a bit, I don't know,
0: uh, yeah. Me like and he doesn't the, have
1: time for any of your nonsense kind of thing. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> me and Greg have a favorite old, old article, which is. Um, Michael Schenker runs out of cocaine and burns his house down. <laughs> right. a- as one does. <laughs> as one does.
1: <laughs> well, he kept it together very well on stage. Like I remember hearing reports from a few years ago saying he was showing up drunk and couldn't remember the songs and all that. There was none of that whatsoever. He was a complete pro and absolutely oh. nailed all the songs. So, uh,
0: Amazing yeah, guitarist. Right up there with uh, Gary Moore, Randy Rhodes. And, uh, yeah, he was he was brilliant. Guys, Uli, Jon Roth, and uh, who else? Uh, You know, the greats. Richard Blackmore. That's the guy. Yeah, he's up there. Anyway, uh, uh, if if we want to do a segue, a a clunky segue, I think Mm -hmm. Roy Z is a great guitarist as well. Uh, (laughs) Definitely (laughs) not a hero of that sort, though. He's more like the kind of stable, work-colleague kind of fixer for Bruce, I think. You know, just seeing to it that Bruce materializes onto record. Uh, Mm. uh, uh, It's been great for him, I think.
1: Here's an interesting thing about that. So I've seen Bruce Dickinson in in an interview claim that him and Roy Z wrote uh, If Eternity Should Fail. And obviously we know Roy Z isn't going to get a writing credit on an Iron Maiden album. It wasn't credited to him. I think it was just to Bruce. And if you look at the single that was released, which has the demo of If Eternity Should Fail, it's also just credited to Bruce you wonder huh. was there some little a little bit of meddling that went on there because i've heard him say that he wrote it with roise yet it's only credited to dickinson and is that to hmm. keep up appearances with the iron maiden version of the song which was credited to dickinson and they can't now retrospectively say it was credited to roise and dickinson because then the book of souls doesn't make any sense then if it's not credited to him
2: it's interesting because um i know there was one other tune on the uh, original album when he was working on it you know back in 2014, or whatever I it was, that Steve also like this is you know the, he, he you know he's interested in two songs: it was, uh, if eternity should fail and a song I can't remember the name of, and that one he couldn't get because that was that that was something he wrote of, with Roy, and mm, so they didn't yeah. end up doing that one. So they did do, but uh, I don't know. That's what uh, that's
0: what I remember. Like he said, Steve wanted two songs, and one was sorry, Roy is involved, and the other one was if eternity, which already then the company line whatever was that it was Bruce. Only, Bruce. But But, uh, if you heard him mention Roy Z, maybe that's the truth. Hard to say, really. But uh, the interview I saw way back when was, um, uh, he kind of... Yeah, uh, like what Eric said, one song was uh, Off Limits because Roy was involved. And the other one was If Eternity Should Fail, a great song.
1: Now that you say that, that sounds familiar. Maybe somebody will correct me. One of your more um, clued in and avid maiden kind of... (laughs) uh, uh, well, she's aficionados. aficionados. That was the word. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't count myself in that club anymore. am kind of uh, a bit out of the loop with my maiden really? knowledge these days. Yeah, I don't know. I've just kind of let it slide. Like there was a time when. I would have felt confident talking about anything from any era and uh-huh. trivia and facts and stuff. But like it's, it's, not a, it's not as sharp in the brain now as it used to be. So I'm pr- kind of the, probably the type of arsehole that comes on a podcast, gets facts wrong, misquotes things, uh, has the wrong year. Um, so there's a lot of people out there who probably know the stuff a lot better than me. So uh-huh. please write to par- in.
0: <laughs> to paraphrase Bruce, though. Uh, Fucking metal has been going extremely well lately. But <laughs> <That's laughs> well. something he said in 2000, uh, actually, I think it has. It's, it's, it's been your best period. But uh, in 2000, I got that on like my burned CD, the Maiden on 2000. Uh, very cute with a very bad uh, typespaced Iron Maiden logo on it. Yeah, and yeah. In the beginning, there he says, which is ridiculous actually, and also ridiculously, ridiculously fun because it's so obnoxious. He says um, like let's face it my solo stuff was doing extremely well and he's oh yeah i read that interview
1: you, you you posted that there yeah and... he's
0: about to head on to play to thirty two thousand people the other yeah. day he played to like 320 and he has yeah. like the, the he has the
2: audacity to say like i was gonna risk all that to go back with maiden I was like, well, 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 to, to be fair to be fair when he did you know I, it wasn't 300 people when he came back because that, that was the chemical wedding era, and he was just that, things were going upwards at that point Whereas well, it had been. I will give him right because I love the Chemical Wedding, for sure. Yeah, but it couldn't have been that many people, right? A thousand? No, perhaps. But, well, but yeah, but I mean, considering that, I think that back there, there was a time when it would have been a couple hundred, and then he was. I think he was definitely on an upward slope, with the Chemical Accident birth and Chemical Wedding would have been well deserved after two great records. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But I mean, I, just, I think that. I think that. So potentially there was a risk. I guess risking something that he knew forever like well we're we're, we're going up we're channeling upwards here and risking potentially risking that to do something that was not at all a you know a sure yeah, and thing, I, I
0: heard something else that sounded more i guess well-founded i mean it was that he actually loved that band that he had you know and he had to tell them like uh, we can't play anymore because i'm gonna join maiden my feet are not gonna touch the ground i'm gonna be very busy
2: well <laughs> apparently allegedly uh you, according to the book uh, you know they were all very like yeah you, you, dude you you, you gotta yes. do that yes yeah. yeah, as, as one should be like you gotta yeah. put
0: our maiden back together
1: but i wonder when he said the, that his solo career was going extremely well was he talking from a, an artistic a, or a creative standpoint rather than an attendance the, or a sales standpoint because that, that seemed be. to matter to him because i think in the same interview he talks about how the fact that That he wouldn't have wanted to come back to Iron Maiden unless there was an album involved. It was if it was just nostalgia, he wasn't interested. So I think it could have been from an artistic standpoint. He was saying it was doing extremely well, and I don't think anyone could argue with that.
2: No, Uh, that that they it's it's yeah. I mean that 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 that's probably that's probably what it was then. In the case, it
0: comes out as a in a PR context. But if I think about the actual music, yes, he was doing extremely well. I think uh, Chemical Wedding is the best traditional heavy metal album of the entire nineties. So, I mean, clearly, to me, he was doing extremely well. But, uh, I mean, if you talk numbers, maybe not so much, at least compared to the gig he was about to embark on, which was Iron Maiden's then biggest headline show to date. Mm. 32,000 people here in Stockholm. So, I mean, he's pretty good at PR, though. Like, when, oh, he, yeah, uh, oh, when yeah. he talks about the Mandrick Project, it's like, of course, it's music, but it's also much, much, much more. <laughs> how could it be that much more <laughs> it's probably not but he's it's interesting because good at this shit
2: i was watching so he's been he's been on um he did like he's he's done a couple of uh appearances in sort of swedish mainstream sort of media in the sense that he's did like did a couple of radio shows and he did uh uh one of the bigger sort of friday night interview kind of things he's out tonight yeah. and yeah. it's interesting cuz it's sort of kind of heartbreaking in a way because if you listen to him in those contexts when he's not just free bowling and doing whatever the fuck he wants he's really funny and really witty just so that when he's given the the the, the ability to talk or to do whatever he wants then that doesn't work very well mm. <laughs> i'm referring to his you know this this spoken yeah. word situation that has
1: yeah well yeah, yeah when when you can when i think sometimes when you're confined you can be more creative uh, oh, when yeah. you have the blank fucking slate or the blank canvas. You know, you're like, you don't have a fucking notion what to be saying. I did. I read an interview that he did recently with Kerrang. Did you come across that? Very recent. Uh
2: And I've heard of that. I did not. I, yeah, but now now but I want to.
1: It was brilliant. I'm going to send it to you. Um But he was saying some really insightful stuff, talking about the... The themes of some of the songs and what the lyrics are about and things like that but he came across so well and it was probably the best I've I've seen him come across in a very very long time uh, the article was quite flattering and stuff but like his actual quotes in it as well Like so it was kind of an editorial it was like an interview mixed in with a story um, but uh, he came across so well and he said some really really intelligent and insightful things I'll share it with you but definitely have a look at that one
2: I mean it's yeah I've, I'll, I'll definitely check that out I mean, he, he I think um, maybe his mind, maybe he he works better when he has something like this to talk about. Yeah. Because just sort of like, and because I, when I saw him initially on his first sort of spoken word tour, I enjoyed that way more. And that's when he was sort of talking about the book and he was focused on that more. And the second time around, it was like, Jesus Christ, the first half was like, what the hell is this?
1: Yeah. I, I saw him the first time around, well, it was, I don't know, 2019, whenever that was. Was that the first or second? I'm not sure, but he was still talking about the book. Excuse me. But I had read the book, didn't really like the book that much, and then I'd read, you know, many, many interviews with him, and I was an avid Iron Maiden fan, and I felt like that show didn't give me anything I hadn't already heard, which no. I was quite disappointed with because I was like, this is aimed at, I've probably said this before, I can, I'm can. i here yeah. repeating myself. That's all right. Like, no probably two years ago but like, I was in, like I was thinking to myself this is aimed at the most hardcore of Iron Maiden fans who have heard and read and seen everything you've ever done and then I felt that he didn't give us anything else whereas by definition we had already heard everything that the casual yeah. or even the hardcore fan already knew we are buying tickets to see him fucking speak you know I, <laughs> yeah. footage, I thought we should have got a bit more <laughs> than what he gave
2: us but it's <laughs> also like because that's very yes, really true because like also like um first time i saw him you know they, they let in a few you know the when you the second half when you when with people ask the questions um, for those who don't know you know he they they pass around these little things you could fill in if you wanted yeah. to ask a question you hand them in then you know if he picks you know something then someone rifles through them and picks the questions he think he i guess they figured he wanted stuff he wanted to talk about um, a lot of the ones that did get through uh like wise. We're like really like like Jesus. This information is very readily available elsewhere. Why why are you going to waste a question on this? Uh, and it was and he so it, and I think that there's it was just these sort of softball sort of I don't know if that makes sense that that's not maybe something people say I don't know very uh, very easy sort of like there's already he's already answered this kind of stuff so many times there's probably like at this point a, a sort of like a standard answer to some of these and no one really. I mean, I don't I mean, I got my question in last time. He didn't really, uh, which was the, I asked if he was gonna, if he was interested in writing any more, uh, movie, you know, screenplays. Uh, hmm. And he sort of, and he ended up mostly talking about how, you know, the the, you know, the budget problems with the Chemical Wedding, uh, uh, movie. But uh, but there's other things like it was like, are you gonna play Alexander the Great? Now I understand why people wanted to know it at that point, but I figured at that point, that information, there's been, he, you know, he he been quoted talking. They've they've talked about that quite a bit at that point. They were, he, so he didn't say anything new. Mm. So I feel like a bit of a waste. But, but you know, actually, mm. there was a review for
0: his uh, last appearance as a talking man, or mm. I don't know, uh, a night with Bruce Dickinson. I don't know what it's framed as, but his last uh, spoken word. Bruce's
1: uh, Dickinson's, called. I think it was called.
0: Bruce's Dickinson's, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> last time in in circus here in Stockholm, and I liked the review. It was very interesting because they started out like. Uh, Fre- uh, kind of describing the situation as a uh, ridiculously, a ridiculous group of yes men being his fans and just laughing at everything he says. And mm. they would laugh even if he burped. But towards the end of this kind of short, short ish review, he was won over. It's like, well, actually, I realized this is quite beautiful. This is just uh metalheads having a good time and not being very critical. So I can't hate on this, something like that. And I guess maybe mm. that could be a. Maybe that would be my experience but I'm not interested whatsoever to go see that because I've heard you know, like from the book too yeah. what does, what does this button do I've heard that he shares so little like it's no, like he doesn't. Corporate. I, mean, I mean that person doesn't
2: need to hit another I'll I'll, I'll do it that's fine I I'm, I'm fine
0: <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> yeah. well
1: people laughing at everything he said he obviously wasn't at the show that I was at because I was sitting there stony-faced and bitter
0: ah but you don't like fun like me <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh Sometimes I accidentally end up enjoying fun. Uh, yeah, yeah
2: I, it happens to the best of us. Accident of fun. <laughs> accident of fun. I've even heard him refer to this as almost like stand-up. Like, that ain't what it is, dude.
1: No, it's not. It's fired
2: away stand-up. That's not what you're doing. No.
1: Yeah. No, no. I, I, some, a part of me thinks, like, why did you waste three years of your life doing this shit when you could have... You know, <laughs> but it wasn't three for,
0: it wasn't three full years, right? It was in between kind of whatever happened, right?
1: But he could have brought forward the uh fucking afterglow of Ragnarok or whatever the hell it's called, Mandrake Project, um and just, you know, not done this, and he could have done this when he was seventy five, which would have been a better time to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're at the end, not when you're still creative and you have a lot of stuff to share that is more interesting, frankly, than your crap book.
0: Yeah, and also still being heavily involved might limit you in what you can say.
1: Exactly. So, like, you know, he's not going to be probably contractually bound to Iron Maiden Holdings or whatever the hell the parent company is called when he's like 75, 77, 78. Um, Or maybe he will be, but he won't care. Whereas now he's got too much skin in the game to actually talk about anything decent. So he didn't. And it resulted in a poor book.
2: I mean, I'll say this. I, I I find the book sort of pleasant. I enjoy it. Uh, I think there's a more interesting book to be written had he, you know, saved it or even like, maybe if he maybe imagine if he if he wrote that book in say, like ninety seven, instead. Like the, yeah. the, the, the stuff that'd be in there then. Two thousand. But he was still. Do you know what?
1: Though he was still being managed by Rod Smallwood at that time and yeah. whatever, so I still think we probably would have got the same book.
2: I, th- I think um, the book that'd be interesting is me and Henrik have talked about this quite a bit. If it was if it was not ghost written, uh, Steve Harris' book would be really cool, but it also probably would be towing the company line. Maybe Rod Smallwood's the book that we'd want to really see.
1: Here's the here's the thing. There's a reason why they're so successful, and it's because they don't get involved in a lot of bitchiness and whatever and. Um. They don't air their dirty laundry in public, and I'm sure we've said this before. But and you compare it to Judas Priest, who fucking every little fucking (laughs) tiny little bit of gossip you hear about, like in a big news story, uh, and that's there's a fucking good reason why they're playing, you know, smaller shows and they have fewer big massive stadium shows than Iron Maiden. Then it's not the music necessarily, but it's their management, and the Iron Maiden management is fucking salad as a rock and rocks oh yeah oh yeah, yeah and that's why Bruce dickinson's book didn't air dirty laundry it wasn't to tell all because he wasn't allowed to essentially i don't think
2: and also it could also be just also definitely, even, i think definitely sorry that's probably yeah. that's probably that's probably a big part of it but also like like you said, if you're still in the middle of it and you're still you know and you're still kind of and that's your you know you, you know, that's, that that is your sort of main kind of uh you know, source of income, if you if you will, or gravy train. Maybe you don't want to piss off parts of that while you're still in, involved in it, because you, because you know, I mean, they're they're they're, you know, they're they're living the good life essentially, and they can keep doing that as long as. And you know, there's probably stuff that that that, you know, I think that I don't I don't think that, they they probably but there's probably enough bad shit between a lot of these guys, that, they just had like fuck it, let's just, you know let let you know just let go of it, don't worry about it. Because if they think if you sort of constantly thought about it, you know, they probably would never be getting anything done. Because there's probably enough stuff that, you know, if they didn't have this massive thing together. They might not, you know. It, you, you, you know, you, it's not worth risking all that and risking, you know. Apparently, yeah. like I read in an interview now. He said apparently these days, you know, things are very, very pleasant and very, you know, they're 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 having a great time, and that, you know, that's good. I'm sure this. So the, why rock the boat at this point? You know, maybe rock yeah, yeah. the boat later if you feel like it.
1: Fair enough, but then like you know, write the book later on.
2: Yeah. Yes, I mean, but also it could also just be the fact that maybe even when he say, say there's like a parallel dimension where that he did do that, he did write it later. He still might not want to piss these people off and sort of talk to shit about people that he's you know on good you know that that you know. Mm.
0: And that's going you know. It? Did you hear his comments on the Power Trip festival? Because it was fun yeah, I did, me yeah. because uh, I have a a very small uh kind of backlog with that because uh, someone posted i think it was on a loudwire article or whatnot on facebook like mm. okay i was surprised maiden only played uh, the tour set and i went in and kind of took the liberty of saying like it's it would be typically unmaiden to do a special show for this expensive yeah. festival it's very typical maiden to do just the same show and uh, of course bruce has now Entered the public space saying exactly the same thing and also Mm. adding that he, because every artist has been talking about it as such a great event, you know, I'm standing here next to uh, Scotty or whoever and headbanging to Judas Priest and it's beautiful, but Bruce was, um, Bruce was being Bruce it was mm-hmm. like uh, it was weird all the people we wanted to play to couldn't afford the front seats and they were way in the back and in the front it was rich people that wanted to film it uh, film it all on their phone
2: yeah. I, 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 there's some, there's someone I don't remember who it was I saw a couple people who were taking this stance that it was kind of ridiculous that he was like you know, uh, after the fact, you know, oh, you know, you play this huge, you know, expense, you know, got paid, you know, millions of dollars to play this big rock festival, and not are complaining about the big Spencer rock festival, you know, not being what you know. Like, no, I think, I think it was sort of very rightfully so. If you look at the videos from that festival, like it's, it's, it's a graveyard up front. Yes, uh, because and that you know that's sort of it's it's like because it I mean also, who wouldn't play there Guns and Roses too? Uh, no, base, yeah, DC, but that, but that's also Metallica. you could also that doesn't uh, he didn't seem to be comp- you know he, he didn't he didn't like that system. I, don't, I think it's fair enough to say that yeah, that yeah, bit know. was not great, but I don't think that's um, I don't know. I think that's there's someone real being really kind of so petty about it. like yeah you know. But I guess I, I, uh, people will no, I agree I with know. him. I think it was
0: refreshing too because all the other artists were sort of just doing I guess well, I couldn't call it the company line because it's not a company really, but all the other artists were just raving about how cool it was to be standing next to your friends from the scene and watching Judas Priest or Maiden. And and, uh, Bruce Dickinson comes out and, you know, just being the asshole that might be needed the situation to say a couple of truths i i, I think he's in the right well, he's the asshole we deserve but not the
2: one we need right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but i i felt the same about the was it called desert rock i was gonna say desert storm there for a sec that's uh, something else De- that, that, apparently was free, that,
2: that, that apparently was free to attend <laughs> 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 there are fewer
1: people up the front though um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no when, like, Neil Young, Roger Waters, mm. uh, The Who, um, Bob Dylan, and all those old coots played. And it was like, I like a lot of those people, but Jesus, the cynicism of the organisation of it and the lineup of mm. it. It was just like, this is so cynical and corporate. And this yeah. was just a rock version of the same kind of corporate cynicism. Yeah. And yes. I can completely understand, because of course, you're not going to turn down however many bazillion fucking quid they were offered to play it of course you're not going to but at the same time I can understand why it was probably shit and not as good as yeah. playing in Chile or something you know, you know I, was,
0: um, I was expecting him to come out and say this and I was happy he did to be honest you know? <laughs> yeah. really
2: really someone has to <laughs> say the truth it's also yeah. like I mean it's also interesting because I think a lot of people you know, when they when they were sort of uh, when they when that gig was sort of upon us or that was sort of happening, there were people sort of writing, you know, commenting on the, on the official, you know, all the official accounts, you know, uh, you know, probably raising some of the same stuff that Bruce eventually raised. Uh, but I think maybe they're kind of a lot of people tend to. It seems like when you get these big bands and they have the social medias and stuff. Uh, a lot of people seem to think overestimate the level that the actual band members are involved with, like these every sort of like the, like, the ongoings the, and like the, the,
1: minutiae. The, yeah. the, the, machi- the
2: minutiae, yeah, the machinery behind the tickets things. Like, yeah. they don't know all that shit. Um, there was like, I remember, so like last year, or, yeah, this year, so uh, Blink 182 uh, did this huge a reunion tour, and last year there were you know, there's because it was via like Ticketmaster and a lot of places, and they have that thing where they have the you know, a lot of places will do the thing like the tickets will be one price until there's, and as demand increases, they'll, mm. you know, they'll raise it, which is, I think, kind of shitty, but that's whatever. And, you know, they, and the band was getting shit themselves for apparently, like 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 it was them raising the prices and doing mm. all this stuff. And like, even like, I remember the base, but Mark Hoppus did the thing where he, he attempted to buy tickets because the system didn't work whatsoever. It was chaos. He tried to buy tickets and he wasn't able to do it. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's, I think it's people seem to, I think it's just, you know these huge bands they're not they're not yeah, no, you know it's different machines for sure they, they mm. don't run everything by them like that because yeah. that's not mm. they, they, have, they have you know and live nation
0: is a very like mafia type organization mm. all through uh, i only know about the swedish version of it but uh, mm. i think there's like a live nation in every nation uh, pretty much and uh, mm. they get a lot of uh, critique and maybe they deserve so they uh, deserve mm. that critique i found something that is potentially vile Maybe horrible, uh, maybe interesting, uh, maybe all of the above. It's, a, it's an AI cover of Afterglow mm-hmm. of Ragnarok, supposedly with 80s Bruce Dickinson voice.
2: Okay, well, <laughs> should we, should we, <laughs> should put we it on? give it a run? Uh, Jesus, put it on. Well, hold on, can I, can I, can I run and get a drink quickly? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Right. Give me a second. I'll yes, give some may. details in between. Iron
0: Beast has uploaded this a week ago, and um, the caption says... It's not meant to be perfect and it won't.
1: Right. So, uh, <laughs> <Is that> it? <laughs> are they taking the piss out of themselves there? <laughs>
0: They're the Bruce's Dickinsons. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, that's, not, uh, like, that's worse English than uh, Justice of the Peace, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Remember Do you back remember back, back
1: a time remembered long ago, oh. the memories <laughs> of which are memorable in <laughs> memorable wow,
0: yeah, ways? Yeah. <laughs> I think that came up recently, and we kind of tried to find that quote in our heads uh, that uh, that you had uh, a lot oh, of... Oh, uh, God. I it don't was... know if you had fun with it. Uh, you had um, you were battling it. You were fighting it <laughs> when we did that song. Re- when I remember back the memories of yesteryears. Was it like that?
1: Oh, it was something stupid here. I'm going to look it up.
0: <laughs> remember back the memories, I think it was. Uh,
1: when I remember back the memories of yesteryear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With all the friends and all the times. With all the friends and all the times. When, with all the and all the times. Oh, when I remember back amazing. the memories of yesteryear with all the friends and all the times. Thanks, you should Steve. put
0: that into one of your um, raps. It's <laughs> 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 like a sort of... A, I don't know. It's, it's terrible, really. How, how could you get away with that? Oh,
1: when people were carefree and walking down the street when everyone knew everyone and all the houses' doors were open. No... No one had to care. Those days are gone. Those days are gone.
0: What's going on? <laughs> uh, we're we're remembering back uh, the, the memories of yesteryear. The memories of uh. yesteryears. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, was, was was that when people could walk the streets and stuff? exactly? <laughs> okay. And also, <laughs> uh, when we had a very a,
0: a very agitated Fergalon uh fun, no, no. fun rock it was
1: actually uh when people could wander down the streets unharmed when people uh, didn't much money but didn't seem to care it must be the cynic in me but i don't really like things now the violence the attitudes aggression that you see every day sick society
2: looks the other way yeah you know i, I yeah i yeah yeah I, I agree that's uh, yeah I, I also like wandering streets unharmed i remember that and i don't really like things <laughs> wait, wait, i forget wait, what song is this from
1: <laughs> that's from justice of the peace i think i'll tell you one thing it's not the number of the beast
2: no <laughs>
0: no nor is it afterglow ragnarok so i i um, when you were gone for a minute there i gave fergal these uh, this uh, maybe quite alarming caption uh, iron beast uploaded this a week ago and the caption says it's not meant to be perfect and it won't mm. <laughs> mm. yeah one, so 1 thousand views so this might be really bad let's have a listen
2: There we go you hear
0: it i hear it yep so i've heard some good like you know young paul mccartney ai but i doubt this is going to be any good
1: did you hear the one of bond scott singing back in black
0: oh i want to hear it i haven't very good i actually like this intro yeah quite Heavy brooding <laughs> thumping rip.
2: I am your very slave, for one you do not know. I am the truth that's played. I, it's the same. I seek. It's a bit higher in the mix. It's like 90s, but like it's like early, it's maybe Brave New World era. Bruce. Interesting to hear him that forward in the mix, but it sounds the same really. Strong
0: cars. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is a bit different, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit different,
1: but it's not enough to warrant its existence. No, no.
0: no. That also means I'm not going to play the entire thing. No, let's not do that. That's fine. But uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting greatness with that caption. Uh, what was it again? It's. Uh, it's not meant, like it, it's it. not meant to be perfect, and it won't. Yeah, <laughs> it, it didn't. But Indeed it I, won't. <laughs> I could hear a little bit of it there, but I mean, I guess Bruce Dickinson is not as big as Paul McCartney. <laughs> bon Scott in the AI recreation world? No, no, no. But I think I you know. can
1: summarize it this way. Is, Did you like it? I won't.
0: <laughs> I won't. <laughs> it, it, it was a slight difference, and it was way more forward in the mix. It also reminded me that I think this song is pretty cool. Uh, I, th- I like it. I and do the like co- it. Chorus, I, I- chorus is anthemic. The th- riff is a thumper. The riff is like a Viking yeah. riff. This is the first time back on the Viking thing. I'm, I'm not sure it's on the Viking thing. It's just Ragnarok, but uh, since invaders anyway, I think.
1: Pilgrim. It's a, it, it's growing on me. Uh, I must say I said that earlier. <laughs> that
2: earlier. <laughs> row, ro. Uh, I like it. We are singing three different songs there.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, it's, it's, it's a grower for me as well. I not a, yeah, shower. For, not uh, a shower. Not a shower. Not a shower. A grower.
2: Well, it for is. Sure. It's, I mean, it's not a shower. It's I'll like, a, say it's this. A Telescope penis, for sure, yes. Well, let's just... Okay, we're talking about sort of just uh, mentioning... Uh, Cocks. Cocks, there we <laughs> go. Very good. <laughs> no, I was thinking, speaking of showers and things that perhaps not showers, uh, I'm a huge horror fan. I like the hammer horror movies uh-huh. and all that stuff. I love cheesy horror movies. Having said that, the video is not great. Oh, the video
1: I still so haven't brought myself to watch it. I can't.
2: Yeah, uh, I would suggest can't. against watching it because
0: for me actually I watched it the first time I heard the song and I missed, yeah, like, I missed like half of the song because the video was just like over the top... Uh, I would call it, like I said, in uh, the best phrase I have for it is Swedish, is Ryggplask, and that's when you dive, like a swan dive, but you kind of over, you know, you, went, you go too many degrees and you fall and you mm. splash on your back. And that's is something, something I've noticed good. sometimes when Bruce is trying to go epic, that he gets so eager to put a lot of shit in there and it's just like, I can't follow this and... Uh, I'm frankly losing the song here, and also the way he moves in the video is a bit creepy as well. It didn't like work for me. So, I,
2: it's it's. I mean, like I said, I, I think that is influenced by uh, a lot of stuff. And it, I, I can if, with 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 the sort of knowing that's influenced by like sort of a certain era of horror movies. It, it is. I do. I can't. I can kind of forgive it for some of the stuff because it, it's ridiculous. But a lot of that stuff was ridiculous as well. Uh, I think that. Maybe if someone doesn't know that and they just think legit I mean he, I think he thinks this is really cool, and if you so sort of, and it kind of is in like a sort of b or C movie kind of vibe, but i I think maybe it was perhaps a bit distracting uh maybe this wasn't the video to do for the first song. I um, felt it was super distracting, yeah, yeah. so maybe that's I feel that from people too, so maybe this wasn't the maybe this wasn't the way to you know. A, a good reintroduction of him as a solo artist maybe you should have maybe the, I, I get that he wanted to do this and that's cool but he could have maybe you know if I can do it with the next song uh, or something or maybe even release like a like a prop just like a old, old, good old school you know band performing in a cool looking locations vibe and then do, then do like a separate video with the story maybe mm. yeah mm. I'm not the guy to ask I don't like music videos never oh, did there you go no.
0: so I like writing on the wall, though. It's cool. That is cool. Not that
1: I watch so, it, really, but You nice. know, like, Ace Frehley's video, 10,000 uh-huh. volts, has nearly yeah. as many views as Bruce Dickinson's video. Uh-huh. Uh, hmm. So that's all you need to know about that. <laughs> yeah. And Looking that's him just playing guitar on a stage with fake lightning coming at him. Um, that's all you need, Bruce.
0: He's probably a bit overweight as well. Oh, and he's wearing a wig. Unlike our man, Bruce. Oh, it it is he's very he's very in that he's he's, he's 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 been eating only goji berries i think for for years now it looks and like
2: he's, yeah. he's been uh yeah it's um but I will say as we get back to the song the the initial teaser we heard um uh, the ve- the way end of the song right yeah no what's rock no rock yeah that bit had me i thought this is cool because it's different and that, i said that because in the in the group because i wanted it to be sort of uh, be positive and whatnot yes. but that did have me a bit worried like oh what's going on here ah I is understand. this the chorus it's
0: not thank god it wasn't chorus is quite nice melody what do you think fergal about the chorus being i like uh, being, the chorus being a song and, uh, and song and dance man yourself it's the
1: best part of the song for me uh i you know i'm I was waiting for it when I first heard it, like Eric's kinda bang, saying there. Bang. And when it came, I was like, Yeah, this is good. It's adequate. It's more than adequate, I'd say. But it's not like um navigate the seas of the sun no, adequate. Yeah. You know, it's or you know, it's like it's a far and away from or it's not like
0: I like River know, of think, No Return as well. Mm.
1: But it's not like you know, it's not like Mother in the tower the moon oh, and sun divided so and the priestess that, kneels to the, receive the or so lovers in the tower or whatever that. it is uh, it's not that it's not it's nowhere near Ooh, that so
2: that's
0: a good song <laughs> <laughs> i like that song a lot and even came at the wedding you know
2: and so mm. we lay it's oh, yeah. but it's such a powerful stuff. It's it's such an insanely powerful. I mean, that whole album is just all like the trilogy. And it's not a trilogy, but I'm, let's say it is of like accident, coming wedding, and turning the souls. It's like just you know. And if you compare it to that stuff, there's stuff on there that's you know a lot better than this. I feel, but this is also still it's still very good.
1: Yeah, it's 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 better than um you know it's better than Skunk Works. It's better than Balls to Picasso. It's better than Potato's Millionaire.
2: I'll say I, mean, I you like, know, we, I like solar is, yeah.
0: confinement, for example. It's
2: a good song. Or dreamscape. I love I love that that era. I think it's too, I think that there's it's too bad that I, I'd like to see. I thought it would been I think it would have been what what it, it could have been cool to see what he would have done next in that kind of situation. But because I really it, it took me a while though. Initially, I didn't like it. it sort hey,
1: of I'm, not, I'm not a skunk hater. But, you know, I just didn't think it was the right direction for Bruce. I think it was interesting, but it wasn't airily pleasurable as much as chemical Wedding was.
2: So you didn't feel skunk
1: works? Hey, get that man a drink.
0: Actually, I, I, I like the record, but I have to agree with Fergal that maybe he, he was barking up the wrong tree a little bit. But again, you should be free to do so, I guess, from time yeah, to time. I but think- should-
1: Sorry, he even said himself that he wanted to do like a David Bowie type thing where he did Tin Machine, and he wanted the band mm. to be called Skunkworks and blah blah. Yes. And you're like, come on now, Bruce, get out of that garden. Like, you know, you're Bruce Dickinson, you're from Iron Maiden, and you can't just do that. I'm sorry, it's you just can't.
0: I put a clip in one episode. The prisoner it was from, and he says at the end of the show, "We're Skunkworks." So he really tried to do that, and, then and we said, play yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to Ozzy Osbourne wanted to have a blizzard of Oz, right? Which still is kind of yeah. Ozzy, Ozzy sure, central.
1: they all want to do that. You know,
2: Seven Star featuring Blackmore. Tony Iommi. Yeah, yeah Richard dope.
0: Blackmore as well. He didn't want the Richard Blackmore's Rainbow. Eventually, was yeah. just Rainbow, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I
2: mean, so he, he yelled, "We're Seven Star featuring Tony Iommi." <laughs> featuring Tony Iommi, and we play rock and roll. Uh, I'm never gonna forget <laughs> the first time I saw that.
0: <laughs> we got Bruce's Dickinsons featuring Skankworks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unforgettable. First time I saw that in the record. He's just standing there with his uh, um, with his leather jacket with the, with those flares on it, whatever those called oh, yeah, yeah. flares, yeah. flims yeah. flares, whatever. That's called. Yeah, uh, and he's just looking so lost, and it's like Black Sabbath featuring Tony Yumi. What?
2: <laughs> Amazing! It's better that what if they just have the band called this? The band is just called Featuring Tony. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess
0: I wanted to ask you guys one thing though. Um, Uh, Sort of like, I guess, expectation uh, Mm. management or expectation evaluation here. Because I feel, um, after Glow Ragnarok, well, maybe like a three out of five song or something like that for me. I feel like the album, to me, it might be the optimist in me, but I feel it's still promising. I'm quite excited uh, for the record. Mm. Are you? I am.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's going to be great. I expect nothing less from Bruce Dickinson, and I just think that this is the teaser. You know, it's a little breadcrumb, and right. we haven't yet found yeah. the gingerbread house, but that no. we will. You know,
0: yes, yes, and in the gingerbread house, I would like to find more guitars because I so like right, the synth- made of
1: gingerbread. Ideally, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Um, I like the synth and all, but I mean, come on, the guitar solo is like there should have been nothing rather than that little thing it's kind of like I don't yeah. get it at all and even actually the whole middle section I think is the weakest of the song because it doesn't really evolve I think it's more like mm. uh, put a middle section here and then um, make haste back to the chorus you know when it goes to the uh, higher register the kind of air raid siren oh gone to nothing that bit and uh, yeah. it feels a bit thrown in there and uh, with all those years in making i feel you could have made a better journey uh, yeah. in this opening track so that's my critique mainly actually the structure of it i think uh, the, the components are are fine especially the pre yeah course.
1: i i think that but that based on the <laughs> it's it's a weird way that my mind is working but based on how mediocre this song is i think there's much better to come i know some people would hear a mediocre song and say oh well the album's obviously going to be mediocre but my mind is working in the opposite way i was like bruce dickinson is we all know capable of a lot better than this so this must be just a mediocre song on the album that's clearly going to be of much higher quality that's how my mind is working and it's based on the fact that his last three albums were excellent so i think we have we've had a, such a good run
0: wildest dreams I'm thinking instantly off. exactly.
1: Remember. You know, right? they give us a, just a little, a little fucking pissant song to get the wetter appetites, and then all of a sudden, the album has Passchendaele on it. You're like, well, there you go.
2: Well, I mean, if you look at the, let me just let me pull up the uh, uh, the, the the track list here because let's see. As
0: you do that, one thing I wanted to hear is because mm-hmm. I haven't heard it yet. I think Fergal is the only one who has is that uh original demo of yeah i
1: want to talk about it too yeah oh yeah whip it up there oh i'm very excited
0: thank you dan mortimer in it in it (laughs) yeah he still hasn't got any royalty checks for that
1: (laughs) Uh, all right hold on i have to scroll through a chat here but if we were like
0: joe rogan he would be rich now by now well, if we were Joe
2: Rogan, we'd be rich as
0: well. So, Very.
1: I'd be fucking rich too, <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, by, a pro, <laughs>
0: by association.
1: <laughs> I was joking with Melissa there saying, Jesus, are you a, uh, just a regular co-host now? And she was like, oh, I'm trying to catch up with you. Uh, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it tends to happen. We have long sittings and then you, you're in a few episodes in a row.
1: Yeah. Okay,
2: here we go.
0: The cell of a man Here in this place
1: 2014 he says in the liner notes Clothing him well vocals aren't perfect on it and it's very much a demo and you don't really get to hear any of that from bruce ever
0: yeah very interesting
1: it's a novelty to kind of hear him kind of delivering a not full performance
0: yeah
2: Apparently, the, the version of the intro here—that is the version on the Iron Maiden album—that was just, that just they just kept that straight up, even the synthesizer.
1: Well, can I can I just put in here? So, But in. Dan was saying that he thought that it was the same, and I I was convinced I heard differences in it. But you want to hear what Bruce says in the liner notes of the actual single release?
2: Yes, yes, please.
1: He said. The demo of If Eternity Should Fail was produced in 2014 in Roy Z's living room. I played the keyboard intro, which I intended to replace, and Roy was on bass and all guitars. The title actually comes from a Doctor Strange episode, and early on I wanted the track to open the next solo album. The idea of producing a comic-slash-graphic novel to go with the album was the reason for my spoken word part at the end, introducing the character of Doctor Necropolis. By 2023, the storyline of The Mandrake Project had radically changed, as you will soon discover. But in the meantime, Maiden opted in 2015 to use the track on The Book of Souls. We re-recorded it, but kept the intro from Roy's living room, including my dodgy keyboards. Ditto, Steve kept the outro, despite it making no sense whatsoever in the context of the Maiden record. On the forthcoming album, we have reinvented the track, different words, different feel, and plenty more vocal tracks. As a demo, there are numerous flaws, but that's the point. It's a small window into the creative world, and we have not changed a thing. Dr. Necropolis, though, has survived. For how long? Uh, But he doesn't specify about the vocals. Um, He does say we kept the intro, so um, it's hard to know if they redid the vocals or not. Dan seems to think that they haven't, and I was like, well, I got nothing really, but I just found that it sounded a bit different.
0: Me too, but I was gonna say, if anything was kept, it would have been—I mean, vocally, it would have been that intro. Uh, yeah. Also,
2: yeah, Eric. Did you have some
0: more impressions
2: here? Something kind of, I something I've always and I remember whenever. So uh, I don't know if it's a not a huge secret if anyone who wrote, so, uh who knows me and or if you've, or also if you even if you've just seen my my arm here. You see, there's a little blue box on my arm. Doctor the, Yeah, there you go. That's the TARDIS. That's Doctor of the ship that he goes flies around. Uh, I've always thought the second I read the title uh, "If Eternity Should Fail," I was like, "That sounds like a really badass title for a Doctor Who episode." And I was like, "Yeah, they should." And, and apparently, to, you know, like I, now I learn it's a Doctor Strange comic, but I'm not a doctor. Yeah. So I think I say like, that's it's like I think I still think it's just I, I just sort of I think it's just a badass title. I just, so I love that, and I, and so it's it'd be interesting to see what they what changes are made to the. Um, Eternity has failed. Apparently, it has. Apparently, I think actually, it's it's called. (laughs) Sorry,
1: it's called Doctor Strange. Here's a who I think is actually the title track on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that another working title of the song was Eternity Won't. Eternity
0: won't. (laughs) It's not meant to be perfect, and Eternity won't. (laughs) Yes, yes. If Eternity should won't. If time you should want remember back the days of yesteryear. Yes, okay, walking down the street.
2: Yes, <laughs> horribly wandering perfect. perfection. Perfection, my friends. Yeah, the uh, no, uh, but I, I, I enjoy, this is cool, but it's also nice to, uh, the, the the seeing this sort of creative process. Uh, sort of like a sort of like less than perfect, you know, vocal take and less than perfect, you know, it's it's a demo, and that's it's kind of cool seeing that with these sort of big larger than life kind of bands i mean like so one of the a couple of years ago or actually last year in fact, there was um a peter jackson uh did a documentary or he uh put, touched up a bunch of old beatles footage from the recording of let it be and the rooftop concert and released it as a documentary and did this it was you know i don't know if you, i don't know if you guys have you guys seen that get back yeah incredibly remastering work yeah that one and you know, of course, his sort of what the stuff they did there enabled them to later release this new tune we just heard a couple months ago. But my point being is that seeing them in that context, it's like it's so weird seeing them as this is this is just a band. These are these are these are doing this. They're doing the same thing that I've done and other people have done. It's just a band. And seeing like hearing Bruce in a context of like, well, you know, a demo version of like yeah. this is not the finished product. This is just something we did to. I think, I think it's very cool and interesting to see that bit of it, because you'd never see that of Maiden.
1: Never. Ever. No. no. They have a, such strong quality control, they would never release
0: a demo. So now, uh, please indulge me in my onslaught of reactions. They're not that many. They're not that many. But I, I loved hearing this, and it, it was very interesting. I mean, of course, making demos and making tunes myself, I recognized very much that, you know, like you said about the Beatles, it's a band. This is done very much in the fashion of I even know which drum samples he used. Nerd, nerdily enough, I can hear that this tune track, Easy Drummer, that was used for sure. I know that snare. And also, this is maybe the biggest takeaway. Um, I'm going to say it, and it's going to be perhaps sacrilege. I liked the bass more than steve harris's bass work on this track i think uh, and i was guessing it was roy playing the bass because uh, david david casillos or what his name is he hasn't been involved in a bunch of years so i was guessing it was roy and it was confirmed by ferg just now from the booklet and i think he did a, a tremendous job on that bass it was very engaging i think the chorus was better because of the bass even though the vocals clearly were also like we addressed quite raw which in turn was really cool to hear so overall very fun listen for me and uh, the whole song is there obviously the whole song is there and uh, the maiden adaption made some parts better some parts worse i would say so interesting mm. listen mm.
1: T- to me roy z playing bass there sound more harris than harris himself
0: <laughs> yeah I, we could say that i mean definitely <laughs> yeah. better anyway and harris is good so <laughs> mm. i like it
1: Listening to it, it was like, I was like, that, that is like, he's basing his bass on Steve Harris, clearly.
0: Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it was great, great bass mm. work, actually. Awesome. And he plays bass on um, the entire Mandrick project, by the way. They have a bass mm. player live. Um, um, the, the girl, or woman, I guess, from when he played that uh, John Lord tribute show with an orchestra. Mm. Uh, but she's not on the record. It's Roy Z on the bass.
2: It's um, um, uh, so yeah, because apparently also the, he did write another verse for the maiden version, so that's why it's it's it is longer apparently. Um, and it's it, I mean, it's the interesting thing about whenever I hear Bruce's like this kind of thing, like for, like so he, he you know he wrote, uh, you know infamously he wrote, you know some of the tracks some of the tracks that he's or all the tracks he's written besides perhaps Empire of the Clouds. Uh, uh you know his solo sort of song, the songs that he wrote on his own for Maiden. For me, they've been like, oh, I can see how this came about. This is a very clear riff. Mm-hmm. You know, this is very revelations. Not particularly difficult. Power Slave a bit trickier. So I'd be yeah, li- to see what-
0: yeah, it, yeah. I was just gonna fill in that you mentioned it when we did Power Slave that those yeah. riffs. Um,
2: I'm sure he made simpler riffs and then they kind of yeah embell- embellish them, but. Yeah. And like, I mean, like you have like, uh, Bring Your Daughter to Slaughter, that's pretty basic stuff. But I'm also curious, like, I'd like to hear, I would lo- love to be a fly in the wall, uh, uh, f- for when he was figuring this, if indeed it is him on his own completely, like he says, uh, or said, if, it, I'd like to see the right process. I, I kind of, I'd like to hear him, considering you watch him on the Live After Death, you know, a, a DVD, and he's playing like an A minor, he, and he's like, he looks like he has this. this like the 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 focus of a brain surgeon to be able to feel and do it yeah, this this seems like this would be beyond him
1: <laughs> do you mean to say you'd love to be a fly on the wont yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well, we get onto this all the time though about songwriting, and I'm sure yeah. like flash of the blade, just going to quickly say it, I've said it many times, but I, I'm sure he didn't write that m- interlude, but it's also not really part of what traditionally is songwriting it's <laughs> the Interestingly, main, main melody, and that
1: you say that chords and stuff yeah. That int- that interview I sent on, he claims to have written the entire song of Flash of the Blade. You can read it there. Yes, I saw it. In the interview. And I think yeah. it's
0: correct in a traditional meaning of written, you know, which traditionally mm. does not include solos, for example, are never included. And also that could, you know, extend into the guitar interludes, which are clearly Adrian's work. And Adrian said that when they did the Power Slave Twitter thing. Yeah. Like, I went, oh, okay. nuts. I went nuts in the middle. But again... Uh, Traditionally, that's not songwriting. Traditionally, that's like, Bruce could have written, bala, 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 that riff, you know, the intro yeah. riff, and then, you know, just the chords and the singing, and that's mm. the song.
1: But then you'll hear like, um, I don't know, I think Adrian has said himself that Steve might often whistle the guitar solo to him, so he takes it to that extreme
0: at least the, the theme melodies not sure about the solos but uh, definitely like the theme melodies yes. Yeah. like do 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 that's whistle <laughs> steve for sure but maybe not mm. the entire solos because they are very personal in general and never included in songwriting solos are always excluded
2: Harmonies is huh. more of like kind of a you know mm. debatable i would say i this is one of those songs even though I, I love i've watched a couple of guitar cover videos of it uh, back you know through the years because for me it's not really um i mean there is a there's obviously a riff in there and it's there's riffs and all over the place but it's not as a clear of a it's not as clear for me as like like if you think powers like oh i know that riff it's that or right? mm-hmm. you know it's very you have a very clear image of it cuz it's a very this is what it is you can hum along you know and there's something here too but it's not a very riffy riff in the sense of something that i'd think that i think that he, that he'd necessarily write that's that's what makes this whole thing kind of interesting for me
0: you're talking if eternity now yeah if eternity yeah yeah there's more chords and melodies like i'm sure he came up with yeah yeah that's something a vocalist could surely write should we conclude this though
2: uh, and continue, we, can just... we
0: can talk off off record again uh, you know i think we did uh, what's this. that there is that a a little bit of a so
1: it's a uh, nagging of, of hozar vodka
0: you know, yeah. we did the the man predictions. We did the man reactions, and now we did the man Drake. Drake.
2: <laughs> oh, <No! laughs> that was Thank so God. bad! <laughs> oh well, there good. We go. It won't. Michael
1: Shanker's fetus, I think, is probably
2: Michael Shanker's fetus <laughs> yeah, approach.
0: burning down yeah. his house, running out of cocaine. Yeah, everything is coming together now nicely. Uh, anyway,
2: fair enough. It. Well, okay, let's let's just conclude. I'll stop recording now.
0: Yes, yes, stop recording. Yes, all, right. all from
2: the north, and stop, all of that. Stop north. it north i i i made an i fucked up that one